Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Sometimes I climb so far, only to backslide. Lord, I may be sliding back, but I will not abandon church. Will be the last message regarding the church. If you have not heard the original messages that I preach, please get the CD. Oh, by the way. I plan to switch the direction of the teaching material out of CD. Eventually, hopefully, we don't need to produce wave CD, the waveform CD. We're gonna encourage everyone to listen to MP3. So one CD will have all the teaching in one CD will be economical for the church instead of producing. So in one CD like this, like this, we'll have all the teaching in MP3. You download in your computer or your MP3 machine, or iPod or something, and then you can listen. So we try to eventually switch to MP3, and we are looking into building a website that will put all the archive of our teaching, both in English and in Thai. That you just go to the website and download for free. Definitely, we're gonna have some love offering sometime to be able to support that website because we don't charge people money for the. For the teaching material, so you people can download all over the world. Right now, people all over the world downloaded our teaching from podcasts, and a, a lot of people send a letter to me, email me. How wonderful they hear the teaching! So I'm glad that we can bless, we can preach the gospel with this technology all over the world, that the world can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that the Command of Jesus become true. He said, "Go and preach the gospel over the world." And one way is to use podcast and use the website. Amen. How many people are get excited about that? Amen. Today we would like to talk again about the church, and this topic is really in the middle of my heart. It's really a passion in my heart about the church, because God called me to be a pastor, and I know the heart of God. He really loves the church. He Thinks about the church all the time. He cares for the church. He said that I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not overcome or prevail against it. So God gonna build His church, and that is His purpose. That is His plan, and He wants to do it. And whoever get involved and help Him to do it, gonna get the favor from God. Amen. I have a lot of people who help me personally in my family. Sometimes drive for me. Sometimes help me with my computer. These people usually have a lot of favor for me because they help me personally. Always come to my house and help me something. So the same thing with God. When you do something for God specifically for His heart, God gonna have a special eyes on you and say, "Don't touch this guy. Don't touch this lady. I will take care. Okay, don't touch because this person take care of my church." Today, the last message about the church is: if we become a member of a church, what kind of responsibility do we have? What kind of responsibility we should really take on in our life so that we will be a good member of a local church? If I can become American citizen, I want to be a good American citizen. I become American citizen many years ago, and I never cheat taxes. I work hard. I try to build society here to be a good doctor. So I want to be 
the best citizen of America. At the same time, when I become a Christian and I become a member of the church, I want to be the, one of the best members. I want to be contributor to the church. I want to be an asset. I don't want to be a, a liability that whenever I come to church, I give trouble to people. I make people trouble all the time. I want to be an asset. Whenever I come to church, the church will be blessed. The church will really have something good happen in the church. I want to be needed. Just uh, two days ago, I talked to somebody that he has a lot of jobs. Oh, actually, one of our new believers in, in our church, he came to afternoon service and he said his company called him and gave him a lot of projects. And he said, it's so wonderful that your company gives you a lot of projects to do. You know why? You are needed and you are a contributor to the society that you can make that company good. And I feel the same way that I'm needed in the church and I want to be something, I want to be somebody who will build the church and give to the church and make the church better community and better family of God. I don't know about you. I pray that you will be that kind of people. You are not consumers, but you are builders and you want to get involved and build strong biblical churches. Amen. The first thing that we look in the Bible what happened after we become a member of the church? What the Bible say? I'm not preaching my own idea. This is in the Bible. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So when Paul wrote this scripture 2,000 years ago, there were some Christians who have the habit of missing the meeting in the church. They don't attend church. They don't attend care group. They don't go to meet with brother and sister. They just disappear all the time. Habit of missing the meeting. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So God said that after you become a member of a family of God, one thing you need to determine, I mentioned last Sunday, life is a series of decisions. Life is a series of choices. We make choice every day. I make choice to come to church today. I make choice to serve God today. Amen. And if you make the right choice, you will bring life to you. The Bible says, choose life or death. Every single day, we either choose life or choose death. I want to choose life for myself and my kids and my wife and my family and my church. So I choose to go to church. I choose to go to the meeting. I choose to be in the fellowship to encourage one another. Oh, yesterday it was so wonderful when I went to the reach out. I feel the presence of God. When I step into that park, Westlake Park, I feel the presence of God already. How many people feel that way? The presence of God was there. It's so wonderful to be together. The Bible promises that if we really honor the Sabbath, Honor the day of the Lord. Sunday is the day of the Lord. If our legs are not hanging in the hospital with a pin in the tibia and have a traction on our leg, or we have the IV in our arms in the hospital, or no emergency, we're going to be in the church on Sunday. I train my children that don't miss church. We're going to go to church every Sunday. And we're going to go to the meeting. I will be there. I will not give any excuses not to go to the meeting. Because the Bible says, let us not give up meeting together. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13 and 14, this is the promise of God. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, a holy day of the Lord honorable, 
and shall honor him and not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. So God said that if you commit to a local church, you always go there. You honor the Sabbath. You go to church on Sunday. And you go to the meeting, you always come together. He said that you're going to ride in the high hills. What does it mean? You're going to be above the problem. The problem is under you. The wind, the tornado, the cyclone going to be under you. You're going to live supernaturally above the problem. God will be on your side and God will take care of you. Amen. That is the promise of God. It's so wonderful to come together. You know why? Because there is a corporate anointing. When we come together, the anointing come joy together, and there's something gonna happen in our life. When we come together, we can hear the word of God. We can worship God. We can encourage one another in the presence of God. God come and cleanse us from all bad things, all the sickness and disease. Statistically, people in our church have less sickness than people in community, and I can say this with my. Full confidence that you are unusually healthy and prosperous in this church. You know why? Because you, every Sunday you come, you hear the word, you build your faith, you come into the presence of God. God is doing something supernaturally that you don't see with your own eyes. You don't see it, but something is happening right now in your life. Some of you maybe demon is running out right now. Cannot stay there because in the presence of God, demon of cancer cannot be there. Amen. That's why I believe in the presence of God. This morning I woke up at 6 a.m. I pray, God, today I don't want just to have another service. I want Your glory to show up here. I want the presence of God to come and fill people's life and people's heart and do something marvelous in the life of people who come to seek You. Amen. Let's say at the same time, I would not miss the meeting, gathering together. Amen. Promise God. I promise God from the first Sunday of my conversion. After I got saved in 1981, I woke my wife up that Sunday. Usually we sleep in on Sunday. That Sunday we say, let's get out of the bed. Let's go to church. And from that day on, I got saved on Friday. That Sunday, from that Sunday on, I never miss the church except I have emergency operation. I will be there in the church every Sunday. And this been going on for 27 years already. And it's wonderful to be in the church every Sunday and go to the meeting. Number one, don't miss the meeting. Go to the meeting regularly to go there and not just go there just to fill the seat, but go there and say, "What can I do to help? Can I carry the chair? Can I be an usher? Can I serve something? Can I be in the worship team? Can I do something? Can I smile and greet people? Can I maybe pay for somebody lunch? Amen. Oh, and I will not miss the camp either. Because that is the big gathering. The highlight of the year of our church is to come together. The presence of God is so strong in the camp meeting. Believe me, that if you give to God the time, you give to God this money to go to the camp, the blessing will be greater than what you give. Just take off from work and just go and seek God together and fellowship together in the camp. Go full time. Don't drive back and forth. Amen. Can you imagine if God helped you part time? God say at midnight I'm gonna sleep, and if you cry out to me when something bad happened to you, I'm sorry, I'm sleeping. God doesn't take care of us part time. God take care of us full time. 
God take care of us full time, 24 hours a day. You can cry out to God anytime. The angel take care of us full time, and we say we're gonna go to camp part time. God, I give you part time. Let's give God fully. Go and stay there fully this year. Amen. Amen. Just tell your boss, I'm sorry. I need to go to church camp. Amen. Tell your boss, be bold. Amen. Don't worry. You will not lack money. Let's serve God together in unity. This year, let, let God see our unity. We're going to go to camp 100%. Amen. No excuses, no if and or but. No if and or but. Let's go to camp this year. The second responsibility to be a member of a church. Everyone say, it is a blessing to be in the local church, to be a part of the family of God. Another responsibility that we have in the church is to participate and to cooperate with the leadership in the church. Each church has its own vision. Each church has its own calling. Like one of my friend's church, the calling is to go to city to city to evangelize. That's their calling, is to preach the gospel and save soul. They cow soul every week, how many souls they save. That is their calling. Another church maybe want to build a school to have a school for children. Different churches have different vision. Let's read the Bible together. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 to 17. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. The Bible commands us to remember our leaders in the church, our pastor and elders. Consider the, the outcome of their way. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. In other words, on the last day, the pastor has to stand before Jesus and say, this is what I do and this is what happened to my member. I am responsible for their spiritual growth. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy. How many people want Pastor Lau to live longer and sleep well? How many people love me? Go to camp. <laughs> Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Amen. If you make the pastor a leader, cannot sleep and sick and get tired, can get discouraged, you know who's going to be affected? You. Is that right? You're going to be affected because I'm tired and I'm discouraged. But if you keep encouraging and joining together to obey the leader, then the leader will have morale, will have strength, and the church is going to be strong because it depends on the leadership. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who, whose work is preaching and teaching. So God say, honor your leaders, your pastor, your elders. That is in the Bible. It's not my word. I read the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 13. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard, in love, because of their work. Live in peace with each other. So the Bible says that corporate honor and respect your leader. Our church have a vision too. 
our vision. Every time I think about vision, God speak to me. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. God gives some to be apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor and teacher so that God's people will be equipped to do the work of the service and to grow up into the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So our vision is to see everybody grow up. We want to be a glorious church that we all grow up into Christ-likeness. I love to teach the Word of God because I know the Word of God is going to change you little, little by little to become like Christ. I love to lay hands. I love to cast out demons. Oh, it's so fun. When I cast out demons, I have more joy than cutting a brain tumor out from somebody's brain. When I was a young doctor, I loved to cut the brain tumor out, take it out, and ah, so fun. I can sleep well tonight. When I removed the herniated disc from somebody's neck, and the patient wake up and no pain in the arm and no pain in the leg, I rejoice and walk out of the hospital and say, yes, I win another case. This person is doing well, going to go back to work and will not be in debt anymore. So I was happy. The same thing, when I see the file of God touch people, when I see demons come out from people, when I see people change from glory to glory to glory to glory to become more and more like Christ, they are saved, they are delivered, they are restored, the family restored, the financial situation restored, God's provision come to them, they get a better job, they love God more, they open their home for care group, they become productive. Yesterday when I saw Steve and Jar preach the gospel, I was so proud, I was like, God, in this show, we have people who preach the gospel like that with the anointing. When I saw the youth worship team and the student worship team was so anointed, I say, thank God, better than taking the tumor out from people. Better than anything else to see people grow in the anointing and grow to become like Christ. When I see people love one another and just love Jesus and love people, I was so blessed. I want to see you grow and bless, and restore, and save, and strong, and become overcomer and victorious Christians. That everywhere you go, you will be a blessing to that city, a blessing to that area. Amen. That's our vision, to build glorious churches everywhere in the world. The make disciples. Amen. Right now, we plant more churches in Thailand, and I'm so glad every time I go back. You know, actually, I don't have to fly back to Thailand. I have my own business here. I have something to do. But every four, three months, I fly back because I enjoy to see people get set free. And I enjoy people get saved and, and start the church. It's so fun to see people come into the kingdom of God. That's our vision. We want to build the bride, the glorious church in the end time, ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ all over the world in our generation. Amen? And that's including my kids, including your kids, including your friends, your relatives. And you join into the vision and get involved. And you say, Pastor, what I can do to be a part of this vision? What can I do to fulfill the mission God called this church to do? I want to get involved. I'm going to find my gifts. I'm going to find my talents. I'm going to do everything to help the vision to be fulfilled. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter 4.10, the Bible says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So in other words, when we come to the church, we are not here just to be consumer. But we're going to discover our gift, discover our talents. Some of you sing very well. I told Pastor Dad yesterday, 
oh, I love to sing well, but I could not. But at least I can preach. Some of you are very artistic. You find your talents. Some of you may be good cook. Help us to cook on Sunday. Amen. Some of you may be good in repairing car. Help member in the church. If they don't have money to fix their car, you fix the car for them. Help one another. Some of you, God give you so much anointing, so much ability to make money. You say, yes, I'm going to make money to help the poor in the church and in the world. If people need money to go to camp, I pay half for them. You find out yourself. I'm not going to tell you who need money in the church. But you find out who need money. You pay half for them. The other half they pay so that they at least have some responsibility. Maybe you find some orphan in the church. Maybe a single mom. A single mom has to work. I tell you, it's so hard to be a single mom or single dad. Because you have to work and take care of the family at the same time. You say, I want to help. Uh, Maybe I help you $100 a month. And we'll help you to send your children to go to school. Maybe pay for the gas for you. I believe that if we can do that, actually it's in the Bible. If you go back to read the book of Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, people in the early church, they sell their money. uh, Not their money. They sell their homes. I'm sorry. They sell their homes. They sell their property. I don't know how people sell money. Sell sell homes, sell their property. And then get money and share with one another in the church. And the Bible says, there is no one in the church in need. I want to see that happen in this church. Amen. Take off the spirit of stinginess and say, I'm going to help some orphan in this church, some single mom in this church. I'm going to help some student in this church. I'm going to help somebody. Amen. This morning I was driving up to the church. I was thinking about, I just sharing from my heart what happened to me. I was driving and I was thinking about Brian and Vangji. And Vangji have emergency, have to fly back to Philippines because her grandmother passed away. And I was thinking, I would like to share with that. I'd like to share the burden of their airplane ticket. If everyone think this way, well, somebody in need, I share $100, $50. And you do it without string attached. You use your money, you use your strength, you use your time, you use your ability to share, to be participating in the church. And have eyes of mercy, looking around who has need, definitely. You should not come into the church and say, I need, I'm in need, I need all the time. Don't think this way. If you sow, you come and look for the needy and you help. God is going to take care of your need. But if you come and say, I'm in need, I'm in need, keep me, keep me, keep me, keep me, all the time, you're not going to get anything. You know why? Because you never sow. The principle of God is you sow and you reap. You sow mercy, you reap mercy. You sow finances, you reap finances. If you have one dollar, to sow, you sow it, one dollar. Say, I'm going to pay for your lunch today, one dollar. I don't have a lot. Maybe I have only one dollar. You can pay only two. I pay you one. God, look at your heart and say, okay, I pay you back. Amen. It's not about how much you have. It's about your heart that you want to bless other people. That is the church of Jesus. The church of Jesus is a place of community, family that people come and get involved and use the ability and use the talent and money to bless the kingdom and bless one another. You like that kind of church? Amen. This is the church of the book of Acts that we want to practice. Amen. The church has financial needs. Yesterday when we went to downtown Seattle, we need to rent the sound system, rent the equipment, we rent the tent, and bought so many things so that we can show love to people in this city and want to let them know that Christianity is about love 
and caring is not about religion. We need to pay the bill. We cannot just get the water for free. So the church has financial need too. That's why God set up a system. This is the law of heaven that every Christian who joined the church give 10% to the local church. And don't worry, God never take you more than He gives you. Look at what the Bible says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. God challenge you now. God say, try it, see what happens. Say the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open. I see the picture like this. God just open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room. Wow. If you make a decision to pay tithes, and I made that decision in 1982, as I recall. I made a decision to, actually, at that time, I was a, a graduate from being a neurosurgeon, and Pastor Da was working for a bank, and her salary was about uh, $150 at that time. And I work in the clinic, and my income about 40,000 baht, 10 times more. So to pay tithe, when I first talked to Pastor Da, we were new believer, And we turned to her and said, we need to really obey the Bible. We need to give tithe to church. We were in Baptist church at that time. She said, that's my salary. Then why I work? If you're going to pay my salary away, I say, it's not about that. It's... But it's about the principle. We need to obey the principle of God. And Pastor Da said, yes, let's do it. After we did that, the income in my clinic went up from 40,000 baht to 80,000 baht. And I can pay off my debt within three years. It's amazing. Because I'm willing to pay tithe. And I never stopped paying tithe since then. Because I know that God, if we think about the kind of movie, it's like this, like, Boom! The floodgate of heaven opened. And God said, good! Pull out the blessing upon you. Amen? Have you ever seen some kind of fighting movie when they open the door, they just, like this. <laughs> just break the door with their feet. <laughs> I feel that God just, boom! And just pull out the blessing upon people who give 10% to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, and we urge you, brothers, Warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, and help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Everyone say, help the weak. In our church, our responsibility is not only financial support, using our gift, joining the vision, going to the meeting, but we also help one another. We love one another. People who fall down, pick them up, don't point finger and blame them. Amen? When people got into trouble, maybe get sick. One of our brothers get sick, was involved in a bicycle accident last week. He had hip surgery already. We went to the hospital. We tried to show love. We tried to support whatever we can do to help the weak, to help people who are in need. Amen? The church should be that way. We look at one another and, and really help one another and carry each other's burden. Amen. The Bible said, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Let's love one another 
in actions and in truth. Amen. Don't use these excuses. Oh, he never say hi to me. Oh, he has so many weaknesses. I'm not going to help him. No, when you give and you help people, you do it to the Lord. That person may not be perfect. He or she may still have a lot of flaw, a lot of weaknesses in their life, but God going to fix them. Your job is to help and love. Amen. Do it unconditionally. Love people. Can you imagine if God loved me conditionally, I would not get help from God because I have a lot of problem in my life, a lot of weaknesses. God still loved me and helped me unconditionally. So we should do the same thing to one another. We should help the needy and carry each other's burden in the church unconditionally. Don't have condition. Oh, you smile to me, I help you. If you don't smile to me, I'm not going to help you. Don't do that. Amen? And the last thing, because at the time, I want to mention the last thing we need to do in the church. In Romans chapter 16, verse 17, I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. In other words, make an effort to build unity in the church. How you build unity in the church? Be positive. Don't talk negative. Don't gossip. Don't use prayer meeting to be a gossiping place. When you see somebody's weakness, pray for that person. Talk to that person personally. Don't bring that weakness of that person to tell another person and say, you see? You see? If you keep doing that, it's going to bring division in the church. When you see my weakness, when you see my mistake, come directly and confront me. Talk to me. Don't go around and tell the whole church what mistake I make. Because I may repent and turn around and do the right thing. But if you just go and talk bad about your pastor to other people without talking to me first, then you bring division. The church is going to collapse. And that's what the devil loves to do. He wants to tear the church apart. He wants us to focus on the negative. He wants us to focus on the weakness of people instead of focusing on the good things of people. Amen? Everyone say, build unity. Help one another. Showing love. Joining the vision. Supporting the church. Using my gift. Using my money. Everything in my life. To build a church. And last thing I want to say. If you can do this, one day when you go to heaven, you will rejoice. You know why? The only institution that's going to last to eternity is the church. Family will not be there in the millennium. I mean, there will not be husband and wife anymore in heaven. There will not be family institution. There will not be educational institution anymore. There will not be Microsoft and, and uh, Boeing in heaven anymore. You will not have governmental institution because there will be only one government that is Jesus Christ, the King of all kings the only institution that's going to last to the end and last for eternity that you is worth your life to put your energy in is the church. And I, that's what I'm doing. I put everything in my life into the church from the first day I got born again to today. And I love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I loved you. You're dear to me. You're special to me. I appreciate all of you so much that choose this church to be your church and serve God with me. We, I and Pastor Da will never take it for granted. 
we will not just treat you like just another number. You are so important and dear to us, and you are a blessing to our life. Amen. Amen. We thank God for this church every day, which means you, not the building. I'm thank God for you, the church, all of you every day for being here with us and serving God with us. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this teaching. We thank you so much for reminding us again the basic. The basic of how to become a Christian that pleases you. Lord, we want to please you. We want to live our life in obedience to you because we love you. You die for us, Jesus. And because of your love, you win our heart and we want to love you back. We know, Lord, that we love you back by loving your church because the church is your body. And we want to promise you, Lord, that we will continue to love you and build your church all over the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206 275 1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. <laughs>